We're going to learn for a few minutes as we're entering into uh, as we're entering into Rosh Chodesh. First of all, Baruch Hashem for the heat. It's very nice, very sweet. So we're heading, huh? No, no, inside, Baruch Hashem. It's very warm in here. It's very beautiful. So for a few minutes we'll learn as we're entering into Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Shvat. It's a very, very special, very special month. Every month is very special. Every Rosh Chodesh is very, very special. There's a few things about Rosh Chodesh Shvat and the month of Shvat that I wanted to discuss that I think will help us with the avoda of the month, the, the specific avoda that we have for this month of Rosh Chodesh Shvat. First of all, you all know the famous Roshay Tevans. Shvat is Sheni, Shma Besoros Tavos. That's first of all. We should just hear good news. A month filled with good news. Bezrat Hashem Barach. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is found in the Torah. It's this one Rosh Chodesh that is very special because it's the beginning of a farewell speech. In Parshas Dvarim, Eila Dvarim, Asher Diber Moshe, Kol Yisrael. The beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu saying goodbye is the first Parsha in Dvarim. We know that it's a speech that begins on Rosh Chodesh Shvat and ends 37 days later on Zayin Adar. That's why in Chassidus they call this Halev, it's 37, Gimatria Halev. This is the heart of Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Torah tells us the exact date that it comes out on Rosh Chodesh Shvat is when he begins. And the Rebbe has a lot of sikhs on this. Because what is he exactly giving over? What is Moshe Rabbi giving over? He's giving over, his, he's giving over his heart and soul. And he starts on Rosh Chodesh Shvat. And we're going to see a few things about that in a second. The Torah says, Ho'il Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu is now, like the Gemara and Megillah says, Now it's Moshe Rabbeinu giving over. Not just, I heard this from God, and this is what you should do. But rather, it's like, this is already... Kivyochol, it is the Shekhinah is talking from his Garon, and he has this Indian of like Ruach HaKodesh coming through him. And then, by, the, by the Svarim they explain, this is the headquarters of Torah Shabbat, even though it's in Torah Shabbat. But it's really like Moshe Rabbeinu giving this over now. He begins to give over in 70 different Lishonot. Ho'il Moshe Be'er Ta Torah Azot, on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, he's starting to explain it in all these different languages. But the Bnei Sachar writes beautifully that this is... This is Dafka Chodesh Zem Mesugal Lechidushei Torah Shebaalpeh. Since Moshe Rabbeinu began the month with Kivyachol, now his giving over of the Torah. This month, it's Segula. Like what it, what it kind of puts out there is the opportunity for people to tap on, tap into their Chidush, what they have to add to the Torah. What's their? Not, don't take this the wrong way. Not what's their take on the Torah or what's their interpretation. Because you can come up with a lot of wacky things like that, but how they understand how to mekayim the beauty of the Torah and mitzvahs within the framework of what Chazal have been orchestrating for us for all these years already within the framework of halacha. So the Bnei Sacher says, if it started on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, we go, you know, we continue from the Rosh of the month to, for the whole month, and that's Ho'il Moshe Be'eret Torah Azot. He says this month is Mesugal Chidushei Torah. What I found really interesting is that it's Dafka now, and it's always like this, obviously, the parashiyas that we learn speak about the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership around now. Shmot va'era bo, this is, I know, we meet Moshe Rabbeinu in, at the age of birth, then we have this quick jump to the age of more or less 80, but we meet Moshe Rabbeinu in the beginning of his life, and the parashiyas that we read right now, 
But in terms of the date in the Torah that we also meet Moshe Rabbeinu, Rosh Chodesh Shvat is 40 years later. That's when he's 120. So we're meeting Moshe Rabbeinu when we read the parashiyas in the early stage of his life, yeah? But the date in the Torah and the calendar is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. That references to Moshe Rabbeinu's 120th year, nachon? Now why, Dafka, is that so? This is a very beautiful yesod. What's the first thing we know about Moshe Rabbeinu? When, at what he thinks about himself, at least, when an older age, I'm not a man of words. My speech impediment, however you want to interpret that, there's so many tires on this. However you want to understand Moshe Rabbeinu's limitation, and the Maharal has this amazing Mahalach, but it would seem very, an interesting choice from above, that Davka Moshe Rabbeinu, who's supposed to be the demagogue, who's supposed to be the one that people look up to and say, wow, this is a derech. You'd think God would choose someone that could really be clear, a clear orator, right? Instead, we have someone that says about himself, I can't even speak. So Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, take your brother, who Aaron HaKohen will be your mouth, right? But in the, that's the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership, he can't speak. What happens, Rosh Chodesh Shvat? Eile hadvarim asher diber Moshe kol Yisrael. Gevald can he speak. He's speaking nonstop for 37 days. So some of the Mepharshim explain that that's Moshe Rabbeinu is coming to teach us that any impediment, anything that you, as legitimate as it may be, which is an excuse to say, I can't stand up to a task, if you stick to it and you stay in conversation with Hashem over anything that you feel is limiting you, at the end, you're going to be like Moshe Rabbeinu and do the exact hafuch. You'll come out with the exact opposite of what in the beginning was magbilyu, was, was, uh, you know, was limiting you. Now it's bichlal, it's the exact opposite. A remez to this is very, very interesting that I saw. I mean, the Midrash, just to harp on this, the Midrash says in Midrash Rab and Dvarim, Dvarim, right? Just yesterday he was saying, I can't do this, and now the Torah is showing us, oh yes, you can. And that, that should be a schus for us, in every, any area in our life, this was Chodesh Shvat, that we feel whatever can't, whatever isn't possible, if, it's sti- if, if we stick to it in a relationship with Torah and Mitzvot, and our commitment to living a, a life filled with Kedusha, at the end, anything can come out. Absolutely anything. So I saw an amazing remez for this by the Chedush Yarim, and I don't get to quote him enough, because I don't learn the Chedush Yarim enough, even though I should, because you know, I've mentioned a number of times we come from that line. The Chedush Yarim said like this, you know, Chodesh Shvat, there's, obviously we know Rosh Chodesh Shvat, as opposed to Tu Shvat. It's the famous Machloket Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel regarding when it's Rosh Hashanah La'ilanot. Right? This is like the, uh, I call it the... the the Karen Kayemet Yantiv, like, you know, the, the, the planting of the trees Yantiv of, of, uh, of the year. So, Beis Shammai is the one that says that Rosh Chodesh Shvat is the Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanot. And Beis Hillel says that it's Tubi Shvat, the middle of the month that it's, that it's Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanot. And we hold by, we hold by Beis Hillel, right? But he says a great, a great thing. He says, the Sofei Tevas, which means the last letter of the following statement, spells out the word Shammai. He says, Rashi Tevas, Sofi Tevas, Shammai. It spells out Shammai. That means like, at the end, it's concealed. I, I, I can't, it's closed up, which is interesting because he holds that Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanot is Davka on Rosh Chodesh when the moon is completely, when, when it's concealed. He says, Lo Ish Dvarim Anochi, Sofi Tevas, Shammai. 
So we have to do a really good one for Hillel, right? Obviously, if that's what we're going to say for Hillel. So Hillel, hey Yud, if you spell it, hey Yud, Lamed, Lamed, hu lecha lepeh. He says, as Rashi Tevus Hillel, that someone that could bring it out in the Galui, Aaron Akoyen, Aaron Akoyen, the teacher, hu lecha lepeh, he will be for your mouth, is Rashi Tevus Hillel. When does Hillel say it happens? In the Galui, in a revealed manner, in the middle of the month, when the, when the, sun, when the moon is not concealed. That's how he holds by Shammai and Hillel. Now, this concept of Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel kind of like taking hold of what the month is really all about. I want to try to connect this now to the beginning of what we said from the Bnei Yisachar, that since Moshe Rabbeinu begins to give over Torah Kivyachol, his own Torah, on Rosh Chodesh Bat, what is this Shayach to the theme of the month? If you had to choose an imagery for the theme of the month, what imagery would you draw on a paper for Shabbat? A tree. You'd probably draw a tree. So, a cloud. I'm, I'm preparing right now with my daughter, my second daughter, Ora, her bat mitzvahs very soon. And um, she's, my, my tiferet, our bechorah, she chose the piyasetzna, we did chobas atalmidim. That was her thing. We learned through the students' obligation together. It was, oh, it was a gan eden. And each kid, it's amazing, each kid is shayach, it's like a different, a different shorish somewhere. Even though you'll say it's the same shorish, but each kid has a different time of learning, and what speaks to each kid is just an amazing thing and wonderment to look at. And uh, Ora is so kashur to Sipurei Baal Shem Tov and learning Torah through just the stories of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. And it's an, it's an amazing, amazing experience with her, that she really wants to write her, her, her drashav, her bat mitzvah, and feel like she's going into, the, into her world of Torah and mitzvahs through the light of the Baal Shem Tov. Mm-hmm. And one thing we've been learning through the light of the Baal Shem Tov is the Baal Shem Tov is reminding us of a lost art. It's not really a chiddush. Basically, nothing in the Baal Shem Tov is a chiddush. It's more or less, just like he's voted, it's not Rabbi Nachman's chiddush either. It's just restoring lost arts. It's bringing back to light things that over time kind of got lost. What's a klal, what's a yesod by the Baal Shem Tov's Torah? By the Baal Shem Tov's Torah is basically that everything within creation, from, from shtenders to, I don't know, light bulb, whatever it is, everything in creation is infused with godliness that's waiting for us to utilize it and lift it up. That's basically like the klal of the Baal Shem Tov. It's like you, that means you could never get to a situation where you're like, ah, oh, here there's nothing to do with Avaita Hashem. In every situation there is. So the Baal Shem Tov says that the way that we relate to this concept in Chodesh Shvat is taking a deep look at a tree and stopping for a second and realize what does a tree resemble? Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanot. What is a tree all about? So when you, when you take a look at a tree, there's basically three parts to the tree. There's the roots, right? Then there's the, the geza, how do you say, the, uh, the trunk of it which also include with it the branches and the leaves. And then the third piece is the perot, or the fruit. Let's look at each side of it for a second. And when we meet Bonan in this, when we kind of like take a deeper look in this, this can speak volumes to us about our Avodat Hashem. The roots of the tree is like Rosh Chodesh. You can't see it. Bakesa, it's hidden. It's in the ground. And we know that the stronger that they are in the ground, the more rooted they are, any wind can come and blow any way. The branches, maybe here and there, some leaves may fall off, but the tree itself does never gets touched, like the Lemaisa, because it's so rooted into the ground, into its Shorashim. 
And it's got to be so, so strong. What is it that we're planting into the ground? That's basically emuna. Emuna is not something that I walk around, you can actually see it. I can't see someone emuning, like, you know, faithing. I, I can't really see it. I can't even sometimes see it myself, but it's got to be so plugged in deep inside. That's why the Medrash says, Emunah is a Seder Zrayim. I'm not going to get into that right now, but basically the, the seeds of everything, the shorish of everything is our emuna, which needs to be taken care of every single day. Well, Hashem, like we were saying this morning, the woman's here, the topic of learning emuna was something that people didn't do for years. What do you mean learning emuna? You learn chas, you don't learn emuna. What does it mean to learn emuna? Because you're under the assumption you either have it or you don't. It's not true. Emuna is something that you're hopefully having and getting non-stop and it, being, it gets strengthened non-stop. So again, this is the emuna is what the roots of the tree resemble. The goof of the tree, the, the what did you say, the, the trunk, right? The trunk of it, that is basically our Torah and our mitzvahs and the things that we do, Lamaisa, that are basically a result of what stems from the, from the Shoresh. I keep Torah and mitzvahs my emuna is dictating, is telling me all the time and directing me upwards that this is what I'm busy doing in this world. That's what the middle piece of the tree resembles. And of course, the last piece we said are the peyrot, are the fruits. The fruits of our labor, the fruits of our trees, the fruits of our emuna, together with the Torah and mitzvahs, this is exactly, exactly what we're busy doing in this world. Like the Torah says, ki ha'adam eitz hasadeh. Man is like the tree of the, uh, tree of the field. Vlashem Tov says it's a very important inyan to kind of, that's why he also speaks about doing his borderus, Reb Nachman speaking about doing his borderus out in the field, surrounded by trees, blades of grass, v'chule, because all these things are really moments for us to remember what we're busy doing here in this world. So to tie this all together, I'd say like this, Emuna, the Shoresh, the Rosh Chodesh, the inside, perhaps you can't, you can't really see it, but you've got to nurture it all the time. How? By taking my consciousness of my Torah and mitzvahs and elevating it and lifting it up very, very strong. What are the peros? What are the peros? What are the fruit? I want to say, that's your chidushe Torah of Torah Shabbat. That's the chidush, that's, that's ho'il Moshe be'eret Torah The fruit of the labor of the tree and the roots is basically what you're able to bring out into the world. What's your chidush? What do you have to bring into the world? And you need, you need to be surrounded by friends, by teachers, hopefully families that believe that you have a chiddush to share in this world, that you have Torah Pit to share in this world. And like that, it seems like with, with all of that together, the formation of this is how we live in the, in the, in the midst of Bezrat Hashem, what should be a much more wet winter, Amen Kemi Ratzon. This is what, this is how we go about and we look at our lives like this, so in this of and now, right now we're going into the few students of Rosh Chodesh. Bezrat Hashem Barach, we should have such ischaskus in the Shoresh, with the Emuna. It should have ischaskus also in the trunk itself, and also in our Peros, in our Chidushe Torah, in our Torah Shabal Peh. They, they didn't send you a Torah Das for nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.